What's up, what's up, what's up, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Ray Talks Live. Please make sure you hit that subscribe button so that way you know when a new episode drops. And I want to thank you to all those who have been listening to the podcast. All right, so today I'm going to talk about the COVID-19 vaccine and something that sort of is a problem or issue that sometimes pops up in the black community, which is thinking of the Tuskegee experiment. So I'm going to talk a little bit about the Tuskegee experiment and why even now, after all these years, say almost 100 years now, it's still something that's in the back of mind of the black community in terms of why many black people don't want to go perhaps and get this vaccine versus where some have no problem in doing it. So just off the bat, I, today on March 13th, this morning, I went along with my wife, we got our first shot of the Pfizer vaccine, and mainly because here in the state of Florida, educators K-12 through can get vaccinated at CVS, as long as you are, you prove that you are a teacher, and you know, you can go in and get vaccinated, so that is what my wife and I did this morning, we went and got our first shot, and so far, a little, a little soreness at the shot, but no big deal at this moment. But I want to talk about why is it that it's still an issue, when, especially when it comes to medicine and the treatment within the black community. You know, it's no secret that the black community is very wary of the medical system. You know, there's also a lot of this distrust and countless times of being dismissed and talked down upon by doctors and nurses. And, you know, it's, it's no secret. You know, I remember at one time, you know, my grandfather was, went to the hospital and the nurse who was coming in and was trying to explain something to him was saying it, I guess, in a way that he felt that, you know, he told her straight up, you know, you don't have to talk to me like that. You know, I'm not dumb. And although at the time I was probably in my very early 20s, it didn't really dawn or hit me in a sense of that. But, you know, my grandfather at the time was probably maybe in his 50s or 60s, and it, it sort of made sense at his age that, you know, he's seen it. But I also question, you know, why is it that in our black community we sort of get the mistreatment sometimes? And, and some of the questions or the doubts that I have is, does social economic status have something to do with that? You know, does the type of insurance you have play a part in this? You know, like, if you have a very well-known insurance, are you treated better than someone who maybe does not? You know, they may have one of those off-brand insurance that, you know, a hospital might say, well, you know, we're probably going to fight and probably get paid versus where if, you know, you have one of the major brands, maybe not so much. But why is there such a disconnect? And, you know, and like I said in the opening, a lot has to go with people's thoughts or learning of what the Tuskegee experiment was. But one of the things I've noticed is that there still is this misunderstanding of what the Tuskegee experiment was. So in a, just a quick, brief breakdown of it, let's just talk about it. Basically what the Tuskegee experiment was, it was a secret experiment that was conducted by the U.S. Public Health Science, I'm sorry, Public Health Service to study the progression of a deadly disease that was called syphilis. And at the time, syphilis was a deadly disease that had no cure. So the idea was that the U.S. Public Health Service, they recruited 600 black men from Macon County, Alabama, which is just outside 
and basically with this idea for special treatment and calling them saying that they had bad blood. You know, they had bad blood. You know, something wrong with your blood. And so these 600 men were promised free meals, free physicals, as well as free burial insurance. You know, but they were not, but however, they were secretly told that they were not part of this Tuskegee study of untreated syphilis in the Negro male. All right, so they were not told about what was really going on. But the big thing or the big misunderstanding that a lot of people have is how this experiment sort of went down. What many people don't understand is out of these 600 black men, 399 of them were already diagnosed with syphilis. So just over half of them already had, already had the disease. And 201 were men who were did not test positive for this disease. However, they were used as the control group, in a sense, to see what can happen. But one of the things that was more important, there was no consent obtained, and the men were never told. They watched them till they died, and then wanted to use their bodies to examine them afterwards to sort of get an idea of what was going to happen. So basically, you fast forward a little bit, and just so you know, this study started in 1932. Right. So 13 years later, 1945, penicillin was discovered in the sense that it was acceptable to use as treatment for, for syphilis. But the men of this Tuskegee study were kept away from this antibiotic. They were not to be a part of it. And so these men were deliberately left of being untreated. You could go almost 40 years. Right, 40 years from when this study started in 1932, it wasn't until 1972 of July when a New York Times ran a story by the Associated Press reporter Jean Heller who called it one of the most grossest violations of human rights you can imagine. All right, And mainly she got her information from Peter Buckcomb who was a public health service investigator. And basically, he had started leaking this information to her because mainly six years earlier, in 1966, he was concerned about it. He was like, he was concerned about the ethics of this experiment and how the fact that these men had still gone through all these years without receiving the treatment. So he decided the best way to do it is just leak it to the media, and that is exactly what happened. So then the following year, in 1973, obviously this program the study comes to an end, and there is a class action lawsuit that ends with a $10 million settlement where the U.S. government promised lifetime medical benefits and burial services to all living participants. But just so you know, if you want to read more into it, there is a book by James H. Jones that's titled Bad Blood, The Tuskegee Syphilis Experiment. And basically, he just, in the sum it up, he basically says the men were just simply told over and over and over, you got bad blood. You got bad blood. So basically the decision was made to follow the men until death. And what originally started as just to be a six-month project turned out to go on for 40 years. So it's easy to see why many black people sort of don't trust the medical field. And when you learn your history and you learn and you understand what has happened, then these are some of the results. And then just to close out the whole thing that the United States government did fully acknowledge this, on May 16, 1997, 
President Bill Clinton issued an apology to the eight remaining survivors at that time. And I'm just going to give you a quick address. Basically says the United States government did something that was wrong deeply, profoundly, and morally wrong. What was done cannot be undone, but we can end the silence. We can stop turning our heads away. We can look at you in the eye and finally say on behalf of the American people, what the United States government did was shameful, and I am sorry. And, of course, that was issued by then-President Bill Clinton. So, a lot of people still have this understanding. This is part of the reason why a lot of black people still don't trust the ideas of medicine. And then, even when you go see your doctor, the doctor wants to prescribe something for you. You say, like, no. Or in a case where you need to be prescribed medicine, the doctor is hesitant. So, one of the beliefs is that this COVID-19 vaccine is available. I mean, our government is spending millions of dollars to purchase it. But many black people just cannot get to it. You know, they can't get access to it. And, you know, and I'm all for understanding those who have their religious beliefs or their safety concerns or maybe their distrust of science for not wanting to get the vaccine. And that's safe to say. That's cool. You know, no, you have that right. You have that decision to make. You have that right to decide whether you want to do it or not. But I also think in order in this lifetime, sometimes we got to educate ourselves. And we got to stop just listening to just one source. You know, we got to go out there and view many multiple sources, many replicable sources that we can trust that we can say, okay, they have done their research. I can listen to what they're saying. You know, so believe me, before my wife and I got these shots today, we did our research. You know, we went on many multiple sites, aside from the CDC, you know, aside from reading uh, replicable newspaper sites and medical journals, you know, just to make sure, like, okay, do we want to do this? And that's exactly what we've done. But the biggest thing that I still have a problem with is, especially here in the state of Florida. So, but I will encourage all of you to visit your states or maybe your country health department websites to see how many people have been vaccinated to this point, and then also who has been vaccinated. So, for example, the latest numbers from the state of Florida. Department of Health, which issued their vaccination report this morning, actually, at 12.05 a.m., with numbers all the way through yesterday, March 12th, that 4,141,148 Floridians have been vaccinated. And that means they either received the first dose of their Pfizer or Moderna, or they also got the Johnson & Johnson, or they completed the two-dose shot. But the biggest thing is the discrepancy in the races and the people who have received these doses. So, for example, the first dose, meaning you either received Pfizer or Moderna, 1,864,201 Floridians have at least got that first dose. But out of that, 66% of that number have been white people. 66%, meaning 
335 white people have been vaccinated at least for that first dose, whereas only 123,361 black people have been given that first dose. So that means only 6% of that 1.8 million first dose of Floridian shots were black people. And I think it's just amazing. We talk about just over 250,000 Hispanics, 337,000 people that they list as unknown, and then another 161,000 people who are listed as others being Asian or Native Hawaiian or from the Pacific Islands. And I think it's like, wow, black people make up the smallest percentage of the people who have been given that first shot. You know, and then when you just total it all up, you know, as I said, the total number of Floridians who have been vaccinated, a total of 4,141,148. Of that number, 67% of that have been white people at just over 2.8 million. And black people only made up 252,986. Once again, only 6% of the total vaccinations in Florida have been given to black people. So where's the, the problem? Where's the issues at? Why is there such a huge discrepancy among the races? And part of it is that when the system is set up for when vaccinations are made up, you know, hey, white people have come into the black neighborhoods and have snatched up those appointments. You know, in especially in disadvantaged communities, white people are the ones who have been coming in, you know, getting those vaccines, you know. And the biggest problem also is right now our governor, Ron DeSantis, should be investigated, which was by a whistleblower, not even so much a whistleblower, but was put on blast by the Florida Agriculture Commissioner, Nikki Pride, and state Democratic Senate leader, Gary Farmer. They're asking for a federal investigation. Because they're claiming that DeSantis is doing a pay-for-play scheme, basically he's prioritizing access to high-dollar Republican donors, where the communities of wealthy and affluent are easily able to get access to these vaccinations, whereas everyone else is not. And you don't have to be a rocket scientist to just simply look at the data. It's in it's in plain black and white. There's a huge discrepancy among who is getting all the vaccines and simply who is not. And like I said, a lot of that goes to a lot of the mistrust from the black community, but at the same time, you got to look at it like this. I want to live. That's the way I look at it, and that's why my wife and I made that choice to get the vaccine. I want to live. You know, I want to be around as long as I can in this world before my time comes. I want to be able to enjoy and continue to watch my kids grow older and maybe become a grandfather. So I'm going to do what I need to do, but it does come with educating yourself and stop taking advice from the first person who you may come across or even your doctor. There is a thing called, you know, a second opinion. And, you know, you have that right to go and get a second opinion. You have that right to educate yourself to where the point you are comfortable with it. As I say, I completely understand those who are because it's a religious reason, maybe you're just against science, 
or maybe out of safety concerns. I get that, and I respect that. There's no problem with that. But don't just be so dismissive, especially when you don't have no information to base that on. You know, if you're just saying, oh, I want to do it because I don't want to do it, come on, seriously, let's, let's try to be a better thought, well, thought out human being, especially when you still got people, students, still walking around with their masks below their nose, you know, and thinking they're help stopping the spread because they're wearing a mask. No, pull the mask over your nose. And as I've said, if you listen to my podcast before, especially when I talked about working in the schools, seeing the students still walking down the hallways with the mask below their nose, and some that just want to try to walk around with no mask at all, it's like, yo, it, it don't work that way. You know, if you don't want to wear the mask, go back home. Get back online and learn, you know. But that's just some of the things, you know, just to try to do my little two-cent part and try to help out and getting people to just understand. But with that, I want to thank you guys for listening. You know, definitely keep following Ray Talks Live. You know, you can follow me on Twitter and Facebook at Ray Talks Live, as well as on Instagram at Ray Talks underscore live. You can also hit me up with an email at Ray Talks Live at gmail.com. With that, ladies and gentlemen, I am out.